Today on the Tapia Show, Bud Light College Football Tweet gets roasted as usual. Riley Gaines was viral for critiquing two biological men who won the Women's Cycling Championship in Illinois. Vivek on top donor Democrat Party giving Nikki Haley $250,000. DeSantis on Nikki Haley being part of the reestablishment. Elon's AI company files with the SEC to raise up to $1 billion. CVS to bring more transparency around their drug prices. And 23andMe was hacked and is going to affect about 7 million of their customers. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Elon's AI company filing with the SEC to raise up to $1 billion, which is a pretty penny. Or, granted, nowadays pennies are 99.99% zinc and just copper-plated, so it's basically garbage. Rather, this is more of a vintage pretty penny, which is made of mostly copper, so it's actually, interestingly enough, now worth between 7 and $0.12 cents in melt value, though it's not legal to melt them yet. Now, this comes to us thanks to CNBC, and they noted that Elon had filed with the SEC, and the company has thus far raised about $135 million from four investors, with the first sale occurring November 29th, according to the filing. The AI startup, which Musk announced in July, seeks to, quote, understand the true very nature of the universe, unquote, according to the website. X.AI is an artificial intelligence startup founded by Elon Musk, and that is the specific name of the company, as he keeps everything under his giant umbrella of X, which he's had for decades. So it'll be interesting to see he's going to continue to develop this to do darn near everything. And he has that vision of the Everything app. And how many people he'll he'd be able to attract to it is really the multi-billion dollar question. Now, this AI is also called Groke. And they know that Groke is designed to answer questions with a bit of wit and has a rebellious streak. So please don't use it if you hate humor, unquote. And that's actually a quote from on the website with XAI. And they also know that Grok XAI aims to compete directly with companies, including ChatGPT, creator OpenAI, which Musk helped start before conflict with co-founder Sam Altman led him to depart the project in 2018. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here and where that money will be allocated for if it's put into research and development, internal infrastructure, and how they'll be able to compete with the big behemoths who already have a pretty big head start. Granted, given Elon's engineering expertise and his ability to build up a team, I wouldn't be too surprised if his technology is able to eclipse the competitors in the near future. But as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, you have CVS to bring more transparent pricing for their drugs. Now, they know that this is thanks to Kate Chapman, at, editor at LinkedIn News. They know that CVS is unveiling a simpler, more transparent way of pricing prescription drugs it sells, which could change the cost for consumers, employers, and health insurers. The plan will be called Cost Vantage, though... That's not terrible for marketing. I'd say maybe... Mm, eh, what do you think? B minus? It's catchy, but... I don't know. I almost would have thought they would have added some type of S in there so they could emulate the acronym for their company as well. 
Oh shoot, they could have just called it cost advantage service, but nevertheless, they know they'll roll out starting next year and they know that under it, the company's approximately 9,500 retail pharmacies will be reimbursed by pharmacy benefit managers and others based on what was paid for the drugs, plus a limited markup and flat fee. This according to the Wall Street Journal. Currently, more complex formulas are used that can ultimately distort prices paid by consumers. Now, it's not too much coincidence to see that, well, perhaps this is because of Mark Cuban's startup that is affecting the whole industry. Now, this article also noted that the plan resembles one but used by Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company. Its deployment by one of the nation's largest drug chains, and it could have a great impact on the cost of medications, which would be great. In terms of transparencies and pharmaceuticals, it is sometimes as murky as Washington, D.C. Like, hard to think of an apt metaphor appropriate enough. It is fascinating the laws and restrictions around gag orders. I remember there's one podcast interview where they were talking to a pharmaceutical technician at a business like a CVS, one of those types of pharmacies, and they know that if a customer came to the store, they could sell a product or you know a pharmaceutical for about maybe $4 for the little unit. But if the person said, oh yeah, by the way, I have health insurance, well, they would have to charge that person you know $12 for that same thing. Then there'd be a reimbursement with the insurance company where they would get $7. And at the end of the day, the person's copay would bring their cost to like $8. It's bizarre, complex to say the least, and it does increase cost and, of course, also just natural complexity that comes around when you have multiple parties involved. Makes it pretty hard for people to get an idea of what should they budget for their pharmaceuticals. So it'll be interesting to see, do more pharmaceutical companies take this initiative and roll it out? Because it's certainly going to mean less sales per unit. The only theory I could see in terms of them growing the bottom line for the business is if they increase customer sentiment so that they increase more customers going to the stores and they're able to make up the lost revenue and profit that used to be made per unit by getting a larger volume of units sold when it comes to pharmaceutical drugs, which could happen. A lot of these drugs are seen as commodities. In some cases, they literally are manufactured by one specific company who owns the patent to that drug. So at the end of the day, you could argue at those specific instances, it's more of a eh, more of a commodity that's just kind of bid out and you go to the lowest bidder, perhaps. I'll be interested to see how this affects a big industry. It is one of the highest, well, it used to be one of the most profitable industries in the United States. I mean, will it cut into the margins that much? It'll be interesting to see, but as I would say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Riley Gaines critiquing two biological men for winning an Illinois Women's Cycling Championship. Now, this is actually perhaps a good example of you not wanting to have that feature of having the picture-in-picture -picture software. If you do have suggestions, I'd appreciate it because I do want to make the show better and better, and I want to look at some production technology that allow me to do that, so I don't have to do it post-production. So if you have suggestions, let me know in the comments, but this is perhaps a good instance of what you don't want to see. You see... Two very biological men standing on a the little tree trio podium. We have first, second, third place, and they have one biological woman. I guess she's kind of smiling or grimacing. Nevertheless, she has her hand on the individual in the middle, who would be the biological man, and then she's waving as well. Which, again, one of those instances where. 
you don't want to say when we're asking for it, but they are accepting this to happen more and more in their social circles and in these types of sporting athletic events. If all the women who are against it were to boycott it today, the whole industry of the sporting community for women in sports would halt overnight. Not granted, 18 of their fans would be detrimentally sad. I mean, Lord knows how many WNBA games do people watch a year. I think the average would be 0.01. The average would be quite low, which is why they're paid less. It's just a matter of volume of sales and the sales in general and how many advertisers want to advertise to go on there. Now, Riley specifically says, quote, Two men take first and second at the Illinois State Cyclocross Championships yesterday. At U.S. Cycling has two categories for men and none for women. Any woman who concedes and doesn't compete, I will still personally pay them for the prize money they're missing out on. Stop participating in this farce, unquote. And then based on... So based on what she's saying, so technically... I guess the U.S. cycling does have categories for men and women, but if they allow biological men to compete in women, they basically just have, yeah, one category. I, I can't see the business justification to have two separate events now that you're allowing people to do both. I mean, the plus side, WNBA might actually be interesting to watch when you have biological men in it. That's perhaps the silver lining of this whole fascinating cultural phenomenon, though in all realistic, I think do believe that people are starting to push back on this. They're starting to see the detrimental cultural decay and detrimental opportunities taken away from biological women who are losing out on scholarships, prize money, for all these things that they're fighting for when biological men have an inherited big advantage. Now, this went pretty viral on Twitter. It got 4 million views a couple days ago and 31,000 likes. Now, some of the top comments... Someone by name, or actually, no, she is her, one of the first top comments is from Riley herself. She says, quote, I, I'm sorry, at I Heart Bikes does a phenomenal job of always reporting on this issue in cycling. It's rampant. I recommend following this page so you don't believe the lie that, quote, it's not really happening, unquote. That got 1.8 thousand likes. Molly Pitcher says, quote, they are nothing but a bunch of cheaters who suck in their own division. And this person has a trans flag, but the. The type on it is, trans rights are male privileges, unquote. That got 1.6 thousand likes. Let's see here. USMC Lady Vet says, quote, What I don't understand about today's women is why they allow this people... Grammar and punctuation be damned. I'll read it exactly how it is, no matter how silly it sounds. Granted... It also might be my lack of enunciation, to be sure. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may very well assist with my enunciation and decreasing my rate of speech. I'm not a doctor. However, it very well could be the cure. Just saying, it doesn't hurt to give it a try. Now, USMC Lady Fett again says, quote, What I don't understand about today's women is why they allow this people may make fun of us for being older women, but I can assure you, when I was your age, Riley, none of my friends or I would have tolerated this shit we would have refused to participate. Why are women today so afraid to stand up for themselves other than you, unquote? Got 202 likes. Well, I think, like many topics, women are more open to them and much more accommodating, kind of based on their very nature. I think that's a, a kind of general rule that a lot of psychologists have brought up in the past. And 
is also one of those instances when you look at college campuses, the people who are on the very far left, more often than not, they're women. So they, a lot of them believe in these types of sporting, mixing, or whatever you want to call this phenomenon, where you have biological men competing in women's sports. And a lot of them are just worried they'll be culturally canceled. They'll be out of a job. They'll never be able to get a job again. I mean, when Riley Gaines was interviewed a couple years ago, when you had this whole fiasco, when you had a biological male who was like 400th in his division, then go to the women's division, so he became number one. Well, the women on the team, they didn't speak out because they were afraid they'd, be, they'd lose their scholarships. They'd be kicked off the team for being intolerant. So uh, it's one of those things where a lot of them are scared. Now, going back to the comic section, Dr. Vox Ankuli says, quote, soon there will be no actual women left standing, unquote, getting 374 likes. Which, I'm actually shocked. How did a male not win third place as well? Were there only two biological men? And those are the ones who got first and second? If there was a third biological man and he didn't get third place, that is pretty pathetic, to say the least. Keep going to the comments section. We have someone by the name of Derek Bayer says, quote, that woman in third shouldn't have competed but even if she did, she shouldn't be standing there smiling, unquote, getting 523 likes. Liberal Reject says, quote, The girl on the left is as big as a problem as the two guys on the right. Stop legitimizing this crap. Women will have women have to lead in saving y'all sports, unquote, getting 859 likes. Heidi001 says, quote, Can you imagine beating women at a strength-based sport and actually being proud? Losers, unquote. I got 1.1 thousand likes. Scrolling through here. Disco Memphisto says, quote, The future we're heading for is one in which no women are playing in women's sports. I'm quoting 378 likes. Chess, who does get an A-plus for marketing, they have a profile picture of a actual chess board. Now, this person by the name of Chess says, quote, Yep, two men's categories. One, men with long hair and makeup. Two, men without long hair and makeup, unquote. You got 114 likes. Emil Vilkasi says, quote, there are, is only one winner here. The other two are frauds, unquote, getting 53 likes. So needless to say, this is perhaps one of the most positive response ratios ever in terms of a tweet. I'm not seeing... Let's see here. Really not seeing a single contrarian statement yet in terms of people are disagreeing with Riley with her original statement. Let's see here. Yeah, this is overwhelmingly positive. Even even as I scroll down more and more and more, they're all overwhelmingly supportive of Riley Gaines. So it'll be interesting to see when will a cultural shift happen in the United States where female athletes just refuse to compete? Will there be a moment where the American public shift the perception or they just shift their opinion so that they won't pay, or well, I guess in this case, it's probably a free event. They, didn't, they don't actually pay to go view this sporting activity. But is this is where if no one watches the sports, no one will, I mean, the advertisers aren't going to advertise there because the advertisers advertisements aren't worth anything so for the bigger sports i think the issue will be women's sports in general they're not worth a lot really fiscally at all if you look at how much it costs to advertise for 
a female sport because of the lower viewership in general it's a fraction of what it is to actually advertise on a male professional athletic sport so it'll be interesting to see these female sports are subsidized by male sports especially on a collegiate leather level they are in no way fiscally attractive or positive in any way and it'll be interesting to see because there's really no financial disinsurance there's really no for financially speaking it doesn't matter if anyone if you try to boycott this event it really doesn't make a difference because people don't really watch them in general and all these female sports are subsidized so i don't know how you could actually shift the cultural norm to a point where biological men would not be allowed to compete in them because again these are subsidized sports let me know in the comments what your ideas are, but like if this happens in the WNBA, and I'm actually surprised it's not already, and everyone said, okay, we're gonna boycott the WNBA. Well, all 18 of their fans aren't gonna be affected. Maybe three, maybe four fans would protest, but again, there's, it's an instance where I'm not sure how there will be a cultural shift in this case. It'll be interesting to see, but let me know in the comments, what do you think will happen if someone tries to protest these types of activities They say, we're not going to tune in anymore? We'll just take people writing letters of concern or, because they're just boycotting, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think you're going to have to come with a petition, create an alternative sport category, privatize some of these sports with a different league, perhaps, where you can actually control the rules. It'll be interesting to see what the future for female sports is, but if I was looking at the Magic 8-Ball, I would say the outlook is not so good. Other interesting cultural news, you have a Bud Light college football tweet roasted, as usual. Now, this is from Bud Light's profile, and again, what used to be one of the most well-known global brands in beer, this only got 26,000 views. And 107 likes. Which is nearly impossibly bad. Their other tweets are actually were getting, you know, maybe between 140, 150, 107 likes. It's almost inconceivably bad. Although, given all the, I was going to say, the uh, business blunder of the century of them hiring Dylan Mulvaney as their brand ambassador for $185,000. Jeez Louise. Imagine getting paid $185,000 for three pictures. Talk about the easiest job on the planet. Although, I believe it, you could probably argue that getting paid about a million dollars for a makeup company to put on makeup as Dylan Mulvaney got, I believe it's from, I believe that was Maybelline, even easier form of income. But I partially digress. Now, all they did, of course, if, let me see here. They had a tweet where they said, quote, college football as we know it will never be the same after today. Enjoy the show, unquote. Which, <coughs> excuse me. I suppose they are trying to target their previous audience, which used to be college people, fraternities. I mean, again, nope. I, I don't think anyone would ever go to like a high fluting country club or even a five-star restaurant and go, I would like a Bud Light, sir. Like, I, 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 that, that's inconceivable. No one would, I don't, let me know in the comments, have you ever so, again, here's a clarification, have you ever soberly purchased a Bud Light? 
or did you get it for free or you know you paid the door fee at a party in college and they just had a keg or were you already inebriated and you said sure i'll have a bud light i can't help but think you buy it if you're inebriated beyond all belief or it's the cheapest beer ever i mean those were the two instances where bud light was versus the most i believe and again okay it makes sense they're going after the college demographic again but let's look at the comments and interestingly enough they censored water. So we go to the hidden responses. And the silver lining is they're starting to, it appears that they're starting to decrease the rate at which they censor people, which is good. I actually agree with that. Censorship is the most morally vacuous and disgusting thing that can be done to people, especially when you're silencing their voice on a social media site. Now, this is the censored response. And I don't think this is offensive, but let, let me know. Let me know your opinion. This person, by the name of Unaffiliated, says, quote, still wouldn't buy Bud Light if the only alternative were water. That person got four likes, and then Bud Light hid the response. Which, again, that's not, I guess it's pejorative to the brand, but this, this person isn't being bombastic. They're not swearing at them. They're not, I've seen a lot more offensive, there's a lot of material to work with when it comes to offensive memes about, about Bud Light. They kind of dug their own grave, or in this case, dug their own trench and then filled it with Bud Light, which, oh my, I, I, sh I shudder at the thought because that would be the worst grave in history. A, a, I, can't, I can't imagine a trough of Bud Light. The mind merely shudders. Now, going to the comments, one of the first, or I was going to say, one of the first ones that gets most of the likes comes from Overly Positive Patriot. This person says, quote, so is it the trans dancers that Bud Light supports or the LGBTQP plus? Inquiring minds wants to know, unquote. Got 11 likes. Someone by the name of Random Shit says, quote, We haven't forgotten. And it's a meme of White Claw and it says, I, I'll always be the gayest drink out there. And the juxtaposition of the meme is Bud Light saying, Hold my cock and balls, unquote. I got 24 likes. And very interestingly enough, I mean, six months ago or even four months ago, that wouldn't have been censored like that. If you go to the Henry's replies at the older Bud Light tweets, they had pages upon pages of these types of memes. So they'll censor water, literally, but they won't censor this. So it's very unusual. That got 429 likes. Paul Kinnard, a.k.a. Jimmy Sarsosa, says, quote, Thanks, might go pick up some cores, unquote, getting 20 likes. Which is also interesting. They banned my profile just for tweet re responding a picture of Yangling cans and bottle saying, thanks for reminder to buy Yangling. And they banned my personal profile, which I have to use my business profile to actually see what Bud Light says these days. Owen Sheldon says, quote, drank Bud Light every day for 30 years. Can I have my money back? Unquote, getting 17 likes. And dear God, what a sad existence Owen Sheldon has. This person drank Bud Light for 30 years every day? I mean, on top of being an alcoholic, you're drinking Bud Light? Of, of all things, I can't conceive drinking something so disgusting. I, 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 okay, I guess it is an alcoholic if they're drinking every day for 30 years. That, that's so sad. That's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Drinking Bud Light every day. That, it sounds like hell. 
I mean, we all there are books and theories that go on for the eons that are discussing hell. I mean, Dante's Inferno has nothing on drinking Bud Light every day for 30 years. I'm pretty sure that's against the Geneva Convention. That's cruel and unusual punishment by many standards. Let's see here. Dear God, we have a positive response. So Diana Smith says, quote, I'm drinking Bud Light right now. Just came back from a funeral. Much needed. That gets one like. As well as an A-plus for awkwardness. Let me look at his profile, see if it's real. So this person joined January 2021. 13 followers. And they're either a robot or mentally vacuous, to say the least. Because pretty much... Eh, they repost all the freebies. Eh, okay, they do actually text or they uh, tweet some original thoughts. So I'll be damned, a real person says something positive about Bud Light? It's, this will be a moment for the ages. I haven't seen that in a long time. Let's see here. Random shit has... I forget which comic did this, but it was a comic that emulated Dylan Mulvaney's X Days of Being a Woman. And this comic actually... I forget what his name is. Oh, he loses me at the moment. But this comic is sitting in a bathtub with Bud Lights everywhere. It says, Day 6 of Girlhood, sponsored by Bud Light, unquote. They got 19 likes. Scooter Red Wright says, quote, that goes for Bud Light 2. Enjoy the boycott, unquote. It gets 6 likes. Let's see here. Real American says, quote, nice to see that Peyton isn't throwing to a man in a dress, unquote. Getting 4 likes. Midge Midgey says, quote, do you support Bud Light's decision to, oh, can't enunciate today, apologize. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may cure. It's not 100% guarantee, very few things in life are, but just saying, can't hurt to try. So Midge Midge says, quote, do you support Bud Light's decision to change their franny appearance by becoming a gay beer? The two options and 13 votes being, the first option being, yes, because I'm gay, no, I do not support. Of the 14 votes, 100% said, no, I do not support. I got three likes for that poll. Someone by the name of CBT John Prescott says, quote, never forget. And it's a picture of Dylan Mulvaney in the dress. The elbow high gloves. The Audrey Hepburn hairstyle. More necklaces than I could count. And holding a Bud Light and smiling more... Perhaps, if not more awkward, but equally as awkward as Ron DeSantis' smile. More my smile, let's be honest. That got six likes. Three Star Living says, still says, quote, still not drinking, unquote, getting five likes. Michael says, quote, piss trans water, unquote, getting four likes. Rex Elgenberg says, quote, official beer of LGBT. Got five likes. So interesting enough, they are starting to decrease their censorship. And of course, it is still overwhelmingly negative responses, which shows how very unusually and un very unusual and unique this boycott is. Probably the first successful conservative boycott in history. I mean, for decades, I would hear people say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna boycott that brand because Coca-Cola said they told their employees or the, the 
human resources company they hired, they said, oh yeah, be less white. Which, yes, that's illegal to, to actually have that in your training because you're not supposed to treat people differently based on the race. Or It's disgusting to say the least. But Coca-Cola said that. Everyone said, oh yeah, we're going to boycott Coca-Cola. That really, it trended for maybe a day, but their sales weren't affected. Bud Light, Q2 alone, their sales were down $400 million. And every week, it's down about 30% by dollar amount compared to the same weeks last year, and 26% sales by volume down. I mean, let me know in the comments. I can't think of a more successful boycott in history now that I think about it. So it'll be interesting to see, do they start to ramp up their censorship or do they just lean into it and hope people run out of steam? Which I thought I thought there might be a little decrease of anti-Budlite sentiment on the social medias after maybe four to six months, but it is still full steam ahead. Because again, I think they shot themselves in the foot or perhaps more apt metaphor, they shot themselves in the high heel boot, similar to Ron DeSantis. So it'll be interesting to see. Let me know, would you ever buy Bud Light again? Or do you think they'll never get, get that 30% of their sales that they lost back? I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek on top Democrat donor giving Nikki Haley $250,000, which is a pretty penny. Granted, a pretty vintage penny since modern day pennies are 99.99% zinc and just copper plated, which the old ones are actually made of real copper and worth something. But nevertheless, Vivek simply says, quote, this makes sense. And he texted or he tweeted a picture, which is of an article that says, quote, top Democratic donor Reed Hoffman gives $250,000 to Nikki Haley's super PAC. Mr. Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, has funded an array of anti-Trump candidates and causes, unquote. They got Interestingly enough, didn't go as far as I thought it would. Got about 287,000 views and 4.5 thousand likes. And again, a great example of what I think could be an anti-endorsement. Because there's a lot of people on the left who are starting to cheer on Nikki Haley, which if you're on the right, more often than not, you're probably going to say that is not a good sign because her belief systems probably align with them more often than not. You saw this with Chase, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, Mr. Diamond, he endorsed, well, let me be clear. He said, if you're going to support a Republican nominee, you should support her. And he's employed businesses to do that. And he's one of the most influential business leaders in the world. Now, going to the comments section, you have someone by the name of Right Angle News Network. They say, quote, of course, it makes sense. Haley is a closeted Democrat trying to take over our party. No surprise, she's funded by Democrats in the slightest. Someone by the name of Joseph Aldrich says, quote, Vivek, I need some beast mode, Vivek, this week. It's time to go up another level, unquote, getting 56 likes. Let's see here. Jones Walter Reich says, quote, Haley is the establishment's choice, unquote, getting 50 likes. Stephen Mackey says, quote, there are no longer doing fake support. Oh, geez, Louise, this grammar. Be damned, I'll reset this. Uh, quote, they are no longer doing fake support for the Trump. You'll notice Haley is a dem in red clothing. Follow if you agree. Unquote, gained 37 likes. Alec Lace says, quote, wonder how much he gave Chris Christie. Unquote, gained 31 likes. 
Someone did a screenshot of a phone conversation. This person named Cole Roberts said, quote, I let her know this morning. And this person got a text message saying, quote, it's Nikki Haley. You have caught my attention. I'd, I'd be honored to have you on my team. Do you have 30 seconds? Stop to opt out. He says, his response is, quote, you suck and I never vote for you. Vivek 2024, unquote. And I got 27 likes. here. Peter says, quote, I've been saying she's essentially Hillary now for months. Haley and Cheney are, quote, progressives, unquote, in the slow lane, unquote, getting four likes. Eh, I guess this might be against Vivek, and I guess positive towards Nikki. Someone by the name of Nick, although the profile picture is of a cat. This person says, quote, Nikki Haley, unquote, getting six likes. So I guess they support Nikki Haley. Kind of lazy. All they did was say her name, but nevertheless. James Lasher says, quote, sure does and shows exactly whose camp Haley is in as well. She'll never be getting my vote, unquote, getting three likes. So overwhelming positive res responses for Vivek. And looking at the poll average, I mean, she's still, eh, she's still hovering around 10, 10.6%. Vivek has actually gone down a little bit. He's at 4.9%. Now, this is actually this is a poll aggregator. Uh, it's from projects.538.com. So Vivek's at 4.9%. DeSantis at 12.7%, even lower than before. And Trump's down a little bit at 59.6%. Again, this is for the Republican nominee. Chris Christie somehow is still in the race at 2.7%. Asa Hutchinson still in the race for reasons at 0.5 percent now it'll be interesting to see if this helps Vivek in the polls but it's interesting to see his line activity around Nikki Haley and she's getting called out more and more and yet it hasn't affected her poll numbers yet so it'll be interesting to see does this start to chip away at her lead which I mean Nikki Haley's getting closer and closer to DeSantis and again there's still leaves and miles away from Trump but there's a lot of Questions, will Trump be allowed to run? Will states illegally take his name off the ballot? There's a lot, oh no, there's a lot of variables. So if Trump is prohibited from running, well, who is going to go for the Republican nominee? Then it would be, presumably, who's in second place. It was DeSantis at 12.6%. Haley's at 10.6%. And DeSantis has only gone down, 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 down. Nikki Haley has consistently been increasing her ratings in the polls. And Vivek got up to about 7%. Now he's down to around 5%. So again, it'll be interesting to see how this affects the numbers, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, DeSantis and Nikki Haley being part of the establishment goes viral on the Twitter. Well, at least moderately viral, for, at least for Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis says, quote, Nikki Haley represents the last gasp of a failed political establishment. The elements supporting her to take back the Republican Party back to the failed establishment of yesteryear. I will not let that happen, unquote. And it's got a little bit under 200,000 views and 3,000 likes on DeSantis' personal Twitter account. And it looks like it's only about a minute and a half long and he's on the Fox News. And without further ado, I will play it around. Uh, some are calling this a uh, you versus Haley for the battle of the Trump alternative slot. So today in The Hill, we read that some anti-Trumpers in the Senate, Mitt Romney among them, were backing her as well. Um, it seems like someone's trying to establish an air of inevitability here regarding Haley. Your reaction? 
Well, I'm the uh, true conservative in the race. I have the, the strongest record of actually delivering results. That's including a lot of them. And I'm somebody that would be able to get in there, serve two terms, and actually deliver all the things that we've wanted to see delivered at the national level, just like I did in Florida. Um, I have more similarities on policy with Donald Trump that I do on Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley really represents uh, the last gasp of a failed establishment where she wants to force everybody to register their identities on social media. She said, I want their names. She said we should have unlimited immigration that's controlled by corporate CEOs rather than we the people. And of course, she took the side of Disney against me and the state of Florida when it came to protecting kids uh, from uh, sexualization of elementary school curriculum. So she's out of step with the vast, vast majority of Republican voters. Uh, but I think some of those elements are, are people that really want to take the party back to a failed establishment of yesteryear. And that we know for sure that will not happen. So again, got a little bit under 200,000 views and 3,000 likes. And interestingly enough, now he's not critiquing Trump as much, which it'll help Chris Christie get the remaining votes of people who hate Trump in the Republican Party, of which there are some. But now it's interesting that they're the shift is focusing, and again, this is a very fluid situation. They're starting to focus more on Nikki Haley, perhaps because she's increasing so much in the polls. There's not a lot of effort being put into going against Chris Christie because, again, he's less than 3% and is declining precipitously. So I guess perhaps that is the reason why. Now let's jump into the comments and see what the responses are. Usually, then I think DeSantis' best ratio is maybe 60 to 7% positive results or responses in Twitter. But let's dive and find out. Someone by the name of Proud Elephant says, quote, Ron DeSantis is a leader Republicans thought Donald Trump would be, unquote, getting 99 likes. Proud Patriot says, quote, I hate to say, bro, but the people you hang out with means you're the part of the establishment too, unquote, getting 70 likes. Arlen says, quote, you're funded by the same person, people, Ron, unquote, 52 likes. Sunking says, quote, just look at the mirror, unquote, getting 13 likes. Warren says, quote, you mean back when Republicans won elections, unquote, getting 15 likes. Anita says, quote, everything he's saying here is true and can be easily verified when you take time to check out these candidates for yourself. Listen to what they are saying in the campaign trail and look at their record of accomplishments. Hashtag DeSantis2024 is the only true conservative running, unquote, getting 16 likes and getting the accomplishment of being one of two positive responses thus far. So interestingly enough, Ron DeSantis will not achieve the Chris Christie effect or the Chris Christie phenomenon. A unique situation where we coined that term here on the show in which Chris Christie will tweet something and get zero positive responses, which is statistically impossible. I mean, presumably he has family, campaign staff, maybe some friends. Not a single person would give a positive response to Chris Christie? Really? And believe it or not, that phenomenon has happened twice on this show where we scrolled for, not hours, but we scrolled to the very bottom of tweets, which interestingly enough is something that can happen, or we scrolled to the bottom of the responses to his tweets, and there's not a single positive one. So, Dan Santis has not, he's dodged that bullet, so to say, but we'll go back and see what else there is. Candace for DeSantis says, quote, thank you, Governor, we're fighting right by your side. On to victory, unquote. Hashtag with DeSantis gained 41 likes. Hollywood Resistance says, quote, and yet she's beating you, unquote, gained 28 likes. Although, again, the poll aggregator has DeSantis at 12.7%, Nikki Haley at 10.6%. 
individual polls. Santis. I see one poll in the past month where DeSantis. Actually, no, I don't see a single one where DeSantis or Nikki Haley is beating DeSantis. I see one more Nikki Haley. Eh, no, okay, I see someone by name. This is a poll sample of 567 registered voters. And the vote, the poll was taken between November 22nd and December 1st. It was done by TIPP Insights. And it looks like it was between Trump and Haley were the top ones. So that presumably means that Nikki Haley was a, ahead of DeSantis. So I guess it did happen in one poll. But again, the average still has him above her for now. Never underestimate DeSantis' ability to shoot himself in the high heel foot as he's done time and time again. Again, I think he has he's had some great policies leading Florida, but I don't know who is on his campaign staff. I don't know if they're inebriated beyond all belief or on some copious illegal substances, but they just he seems to be getting the worst advice on the planet and just keeps stumbling over his high heel boots left and right when he should be highlighting his accomplishments and he should be doing a lot better. If he had a modicum of good marketing, I think he would. I'm not sure if they can turn it around. Crazier things has happened, but as I say, time shall tell. And going down the poll, going down more and more, there are, uh, excuse me, looks like more, uh, Casper says vote Trump, unquote, gaining 20 likes. So overwhelmingly, they're mostly negative about DeSantis. Let's see here. It'll be interesting to see what will it take for him to actually go up in the polls as, again, his trend has been going down for a year. So I'm not sure what actions he could take to reverse this trend. Let me know in the comments. It'll be fascinating to hear what you have to say. What do you think Ron could do to turn around his campaign at this point? There's still plenty of time. The election's still quite a while away. But it almost feels like it's fourth quarter and they need a Hail Mary to get the touch pass down. Sports balls. Metaphor. Nevertheless, it'll be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have 23ME hacked with about 7 million customers being affected. Now I'm not saying you're mentally vacuous or foolish to use these services. Well, well, you, you kind of are. This is an instance where you voluntarily give a private company your DNA so you can do some type of, type of analysis and then some silly gallop like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm 5% Hispanic. That's why I like spicy foods. It's ridiculous to say the least. Just look up your family tree and talk to your relatives. And interestingly enough, not all Hispanics like spicy foods. Myself, mild salsa will do. But I partially digress. Now this comes to us thanks to Sean Langas at CNN Business. They noted that, quote, hackers access profiles of nearly 7 million 23andMe customers. They noted that this data includes everything in the case of the users, including ancestry reports, zip codes, birth years. Well, that's not good. They also know that a filing from 23andMe to the Security and Exchange Commission said that about 0.1% of the company's user accounts or roughly 14,000 had their accounts breached by hackers. 23andMe is standing by that number, but is also telling reporters that the hackers were able to access 5.5 million profiles that use a 
that use a company feature called DNA relatives that allow users to find genetic relatives. In addition, the hackers accessed a subset of family tree information on 1.4 million DNA relatives profiles and 23andMe spokesperson said in the email statement. Let's see here. Let's see. Now, when they asked for a spokesperson from the company, they said, quote, 23andMe has completed its investigation assisted by third-party forensic experts. We are in the process of notifying affected customers as required by law. They could, quote, unquote, they could, another quote, they, quote, let's see, say, say that seven times in a row. I'm not saying clicking the subscribe button will help with my speaking and ineptitudes or my stuttering. However, it's a fun experiment. It very well could. Just saying it can't hurt to try. And we're trying to get to 4,000 by the end of December. So if you do that, I would greatly appreciate it. But nevertheless, back to the context. A 23andMe spokesperson continued their comment by saying, quote, we have taken steps to further protect customer data, including requiring all existing customers to reset their password and require two-step verification for all new and existing customers, unquote. Which again, how do you not have dual factor authentication by default in 2023? That's like really, like I know it. I know it does increase the cost. Granted, some options are more expensive than others, but I mean we're getting to the point where that's the bare minimum in, in, in security these days. That should have been by default. Now, interestingly enough, let me know in the comments if you think differently. I don't think that this will actually negatively impact their business too much because the type of people who are willingly sending their DNA to these companies. Well, let's just say I don't think they're of the highest intellect and they're taking their privacy or their data very seriously because they're quite literally willingly giving up their most private, sensitive part about their life, which is their DNA, to this third-party company and then trusting them to keep it secure, which, of course, they can't. Now, granted, in 23 means defense, there's no such thing as a 100% secure company. There's always going to be ways that hackers could break in. It's really just a matter of time, resources, and allocation to see if you're a soft target or a hard target, a.k.a., you really could rule of thumb in cybersecurity is you want to put up enough barriers so that it's not profitable or it's not ideal for bad guys to go after you. And then you just go after the easy targets because they take less resources to get in there and wreak havoc and all that type of things. But to have all of this and they still they had a breach of so many of their clients, and again, anyone with a modicum of intelligence should already be wary of this company, and then they get hacked by so much affecting so many users. Still, I gotta say that is the business blunder of the day. Again, thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also leaving a comment and liking is a great way to let me know if I'm doing great on these videos and leave feedback and let me know how I could actually improve with specific instances. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.